This is the How'd You Get Into That Podcast with Grant Baldwin, episode 35. Do you like what I do with my voice there? That was weird. Play the music. Let's do this. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to episode 35. My name is Grant, and I am just honored and delighted that you decided to hang out with us today. Hey, thank you so much, honestly, for real, sincerely. It uh, really means a lot that you decided to, to join us, and I hope these episodes and interviews are helping you out and encouraging you, inspiring you. We get a lot of a lot of emails and just uh, tweets from people that go, man, just came across the podcast somehow, and it's really, really been helpful. Listen to it on the way to work or on the way home. It's just inspiring and encouraging me to figure out what it is that I want to do with life. So always great to hear that, and uh, glad that the show is helping you out. Hey, before we get to uh, today's episode, which we've got a doozy, we got a really good one, and I know I say that a lot, but for reals, like these, today's interview is is uh, is extra goodness for you, uh, for your for your heart and for your soul. Mm. A little bonus there for uh, different parts there. Hey, uh, before we uh, get started today, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, 99designs. Uh, if you're looking to design something, anything, I mean, we're literally talking just about anything. We're talking logos, websites, t-shirts, car wraps, anything you can get designed, 99designs is where you need to go. So you can go to 99designs.com slash grant, and uh, they will hook you up with a $99 power pack of services for free today. This is, I'm telling you, this is the largest online marketplace for graphic design. Over 315,000 registered designers from all over the world. Get a design you love. 99designs.com slash grant. All right, so for today's episode, we've got uh, we got my friend Crystal Payne, who is more commonly known as Money Saving Mom. Dot com. Now, this is a, a great story. Today, she's got a, a massive blog, a very, very successful brand, but uh, it started... As just a little little blog that she's, she wasn't super proud of, wasn't anything that anybody really knew about. But she's continued to just plug along and over several years has really built it into this just uh, this amazing company and brand and blog and site and resource that's helping literally tens of thousands. I'm going to actually say hundreds of thousands of, uh, of people literally all over the world. So uh, although she is money-saving mom, don't, don't be alarmed. This is, uh, this is not just for the ladies out there, fellas. You can learn some stuff as well. Really, really great stuff. Great story. And uh, let's, let's get into it. Hey, also stick around. September the 10th, which would be if you're listening to this, the day the episode comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow night, we are doing a, a free webinar. So stick around. I'll tell you some more about that after the episode with Crystal. All right. So let's get to it. Here is my friend, Crystal Payne, the moneysavingmom.com. Enjoy. All right. What's up? Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by Crystal Payne, who is the money-saving mom, writes a lot about finance and, and family and just business. And so just a, a super, super cool, creative, intelligent lady. So uh, Crystal, thanks for hanging out with us. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. So money-saving mom, tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So basically, we are kind of a one-stop shop for helping you be intentional with your finances, 
with your family and if you have a business with your business. I'm really just one of my passions is helping people to live their life on purpose. And so Money Saving Mom was started in 2007 with the goal of helping moms, especially with really practical things that they could do to cut their grocery bill, to get out of debt. And it's kind of evolved since then as our audience has broadened and we have a lot of men readers. We have a lot of women who don't have kids, aren't married. And so we've just kind of evolved into really being a one-stop shop to help you live your life on purpose. So not only providing you with those coupons and deals and freebies and financial advice to help you do your finances on purpose, but also time management, home management, business management, so that you can do all of your life on purpose. Nice. And I like the way you frame that. It's so much more than just coupons or finding a good deal. And we all like a good deal. But those things in and of themselves, is yeah, whatever. But those things contributing to the bigger picture of your life is really what it's about. Yes. And that's one of the things when we started, I feel like I kind of had just this small vision of wanting to come alongside moms and say, here's some really practical things you can do to cut your grocery budget. But as I started sharing those things, so many of the women said, that's great. I want to cut my grocery budget, but I'm just trying to survive. And so really moving into what are those foundational principles of goal setting and time management so that Yes, you can do your finances on purpose, but that you have a long-term vision of where you want to go with your life and what you want to do with your life and that every single day you're doing small, little, tiny things that are inching you closer to where you want to be in a year from now and five years from now and 10 years from now. Very cool. All right, let's backtrack a little bit. So obviously, the doing something like a, a blog like this, a site that's really just a, a big brand, uh, isn't something that most people go to school for. They dream about when they're little girls. So where did you grow up? Where are you from? I am from Kansas. I've lived in Kansas all my life until May 1st of this year. We moved to the Nashville, Tennessee area. I know. We were just talking about this offline that you, you're a bad influence on us. We're, we're pulling the same trajectory, I guess, of living in the same place our entire life until Nashville comes calling. So I, I always jokingly tell people that I secretly have a desire to be a country music star, even though I have zero musical ability. So we're looking forward to getting out there, though. Growing up, what did you want to do with life? So I grew up in a family of nine. I'm second of seven kids, and I was homeschooled, and um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and I was just pictured that I would get married young, and I would have 12 kids. That was my, <laughs> that was my ambition in life. Have um, your own TLC show. Yes, I guess so. And, you know, it's just been interesting to see how God can change things and do things far beyond what you could ever dream or imagine. But I also was very entrepreneurial as a child. I'd have lemonade stands, we'd have garage sales, and I'd, you know, try to figure out ways to market this garage sale, even when I was a little kid. And I remember that um, I set up this library in our basement, and I had all these little, you know, cards, because it was the card filing system at that point. We didn't have electronics. And, um... I would charge people 10 cents if you didn't turn your book back in, you know, oh, and this is awesome. for our family. And so just looking back, it's, it's, it's fun to see how that entrepreneurial bug was there. And it was just kind of, I taught violin lessons for a while cause I'm a violinist and, um, I 
worked as a waitress and I did some other different things, but I didn't really start delving into the entrepreneurial stuff until after my husband and I got married. So I did fulfill my dream of getting married young. I got married when I just turned 21 and my husband was getting ready to go to law school and we'd set this audacious goal that he would go through law school debt free. So we moved to Topeka, Kansas, where we knew no one, we had no contacts, we had no job, we had basically nothing. We were starting over from scratch, and he was going to go through law school. Moved into this little basement apartment that we could plug in our vacuum into one outlet and vacuum the whole apartment. You know, it's just this <laughs> tiny little thing, nice. this little galley kitchen. And I started working as a nanny for some families there and then found out that I was pregnant and was very excited because, of course, I wanted to have 12 kids. 12 so kids. You got to start somewhere. My dream. But then it was reality hit and it was like, oh, no, my husband's in law school. We don't hardly have any money. We're trying to stay out of debt. And I want to be a stay-at-home mom, so I got to do something. But I'm really sick with my pregnancy, and I got nine months to figure something out, or it was about eight months at that point. And so as I'm laying in bed, very sick, I get the laptop, and we had Wi-Fi, and I just literally started researching everything I could online about making money. And... Through that, tried a lot of different things, but fell into blogging and started a blog in 2005 when it was brand new. That's way back. Um, yes. Most people, you'd say you had a blog and they'd look at you like you had just grown two horns. They had no idea what you were talking about. But people started coming and reading this blog, which just shocked me. And I realized that I really enjoyed writing and figuring out ways to monetize this blog. So that's kind of where it all began and how it all began. Nice. So it sounds like you kind of started going down the entrepreneurial path, not necessarily out of any desire, but more out of a, a necessity. Like, okay, if we're going to keep going down this path of, of, of just debt-free living and just making sure that all of our ducks are in a row financially, like I, and especially if my husband's going to, to law school and we're going to pay for them, just kind of pay for that as we go, we got to come up with some way to do this versus what the alternative would be of just having 12 kids and staying home. You know, it's interesting because it's amazing what motivation it is when you need to put food in your mouth and a roof over your head. It's it's a very strong motivation. And yeah. so I found that I started researching and then there were Yahoo groups at that time. That was the thing. And I got on some of these entrepreneurial Yahoo groups and I just started asking people, what are you doing? What's working for you? How are you doing that? And just picking the brains of very successful people and then just going and trying it. I think so much of the time, one of the things that holds people back is they will they will analyze and research and plan and set goals, but never doing anything. And I'm a big advocate of just jump in and start trying things and start learning. Don't invest a lot of money, but start testing the water. Start experimenting because, you know, you're never going to know if something's going to work for you until you actually just go out there and try. And so there were so many different things that I tried that completely flopped that were total failure experiments. But I learned, and from each of those failures, I slowly, bit by bit, started putting together what is it that I love, what are my passions, and figuring out what works for me and for our family and what, you know, just really makes me 
get all fired up and become alive. And for me, that was writing and really helping people in practical ways. Very nice. I love the way that you phrase that as an experiment. That's one of the things that my wife and I, we've always, we've always discussed things in life that they're experiments because experiments, if you try them, it may work or it may be a colossal failure, but you don't know unless you try. It's an experiment. And so whenever you go into whatever that thing is, whether it's a, a formal job or whether it's an entrepreneurial endeavor or just kind of a little side hustle thing that you're doing, just approach it from the mentality of it's just an experiment. It may be great, but it may not, but you don't know unless you try. Yes, absolutely. And I think the other thing that so much of the time people will feel like if they fail at this thing that they tried, then that makes them a failure. And for me, I look at it as that is something I tried it and I realized that doesn't work for me. So what can I take from that so that I can be better at something else in the future? And so always looking at those quote unquote failures as opportunities to learn and grow and say, okay, I know that that didn't work, but what can I learn from it so that I don't make that same mistake again? Totally. So whenever you start blogging, is it just immediate connection? Like, oh yeah, this is it. I found what I want to do. Or is it more just kind of, I got to kind of tinker with it and play with it before I start to kind of hone in on, on this is it. You know, when I started blogging, I think very quickly I realized that I loved to write and I loved to help people and people started commenting and reading the blog and that was just very fulfilling for me to realize that I'm putting my words out there and they're valuable to people. Now, sometimes, you know, there were the people that came and they argued with me and disagreed with me and left negative comments and all that, but for the most part, people were finding value in what I wrote. Looking back at that first blog that I did, because that was not Money Saving Mom, it's tucked away in a vault of shame. I was going to say, you got you to tease us with it. We got to go find it. We will search the interwebs for it. <laughs> but um, if you, you know, it was these long run-on paragraphs and I thought I knew everything when I was 23 years old and everything, but I learned so much from that experience and I also learned you know, things that I wasn't good at and topics that I don't want to write on and things that didn't work for me. But in the process, I realized I love to help people save money. I love to help people with time management ideas. And these are things that I'm good at because I've had a lot of experience with it for the last 10 or so years of implementing these things. And so figuring out what are those areas that I have gifts and I have talents and I have experience in, and then how can I turn that into a message that can be valuable and helpful to other people. But it sounds like you didn't really arrive at that without trying it several times and before you really start to feel like, you know, this one topic of really helping people with their finances and helping people save money and kind of organize their and structure their finances. Like, I'm really good at that. Like, I really, really like that because I assume you didn't just wake up one day and magically decide like, yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do. But it's just kind of a, a process that, that starts to come together over time. Yes, that's absolutely true. And the interesting thing was is that I actually started blogging on frugal topics just as kind of an accident because one day I mentioned something on that blog about buying all our groceries that week for $17. And it was just a little offhand comment. And then people started coming and saying, what on earth? How are you buying all your groceries for $17? And at that time, our grocery budget was $30 a week, but we wow. sometimes only had $17. So I just made do with what I had. And my mom, as part of my homeschooling home ec, had had me do the grocery shopping, the menu planning, and the couponing for our family of nine. So I'd had that real-life hands-on experience for a few years as part of my high school 
just curriculum. So I went into marriage with that experience and then got to practice it even more. And so by the time people started asking me, what, how on earth are you doing this? I realized this is a skill that I've perfected over years of experience. And this is a skill that people want to have. And it's something that not a lot of other people are out there talking about in the blogosphere because the blogosphere was so small at the time. And so I started writing on that. I did a series on supermarket savings and then turned that series into an ebook. And over the course of a few years, ended up selling thousands of those ebooks, which again, that ebook is so in the vault of shame. It was awful. I did the graphic (laughs) design for it and everything was awful. But I learned and I realized that people were eating up this information. And this was something that it was a skill that I had. I'd had experience in it. And it was something that I was living. And so people were eager to find out how to do this. And so I think just by putting myself out there and trying things, I figured out this topic that I never would have seen myself as being, you know, money saving mom. But by just blogging about my life, figured out this was an area that I was really good at that people were really interested in. How long had you been blogging before you felt like money saving mom was the was the path for you? So I started my blog in 2005, the blog that's in the vault of shame that I'm not even going to tell you what it was called. <laughs> You're just toying with our emotions. <laughs> um, and then I think I started blogging about frugal frugal living. I had this frugal Friday series and I think I started blogging maybe about a year after it started the blog was when I started blogging about frugal living because people were just eating this stuff up. And the more that I blogged about it, the more that I realized this is an area that I, I didn't realize that it was a skill that I had. I think a lot of times we don't realize what our gifts and our skills are. Other people can see them, but we not we can't necessarily see them. And so, so as people kept asking, I realized that. Started blogging on Frugal Living on that blog, wrote my first ebook, and kept blogging on Frugal Living. The questions kept coming and So I started toying with the idea of starting a site that was on frugal living. So I actually did start this site called Simply Sensible, sensible spelled with a C, like sense, because Mm -hmm. I thought that was so cute. And Adorable. That, that site, like crickets chirping, nothing happened with that site. And I put a lot of effort into it. And so I shelved the idea of a frugal living site again. And then resurrected it in 2007, about a year later, when I just realized people were continuing to come to me and ask for this real practical information. And I needed a site where I could point them to. And when I started Money Saving Mom, I really envisioned that it was going to be this little offshoot of that mommy blog that I had. And I remember announcing it to the world and saying, I'm planning to blog on this site on Money Saving Mom three times a week. And that's really funny because now I blog on it about 23 times a day. But (laughs) I had very small vision for it. But within about three months, it well, there was like 15,000 page views a day on this site. And I just it blew my mind because I didn't have any idea how hungry people were for this information. But I love that though, just starting with with three posts because not like you're saying now looking back you're going ah oh, the first website was horrible the first ebook design was horrible the first couple posts were horrible but 
you start somewhere. And I think that's such a hang up for so many people of like, like you described at the beginning, like people need to know like, what's that roadmap and how does this all play out? And I need to have the exact plan in place. And it's like, you don't, you're not going to have that in place. You know, you and I both, like if we, if we were talking a year ago, like neither of us would have had it on the radar to move to Nashville and you wouldn't have known that then, but it just kind of evolves and plays out and turns into this thing that at the beginning you may not know, but it's, it's part of, part of the journey and part of being able to just go with the flow but starting somewhere. Yes. And I think a lot of times people get hung up on wanting to have everything so perfect and so right before you jump in and start. And I wish people could see my first Money Saving Mom blog because it was on Blogger. It had an all-white background and I didn't even have a header for it. It was just this all-white background and it said Money Saving Mom in text at the top because that's all I could do. And on that little blog was when, you know, I had 15,000 page views a day on that little white background blog on Blogger. And so I don't think that you have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to have this, you know, beautiful bells and whistles, everything perfect site or product to start. Just put something out there, start somewhere, and then keep perfecting it, keep experimenting, keep learning as you go. So when you started the site, so you're, you're writing, not really sure if anyone's really paying attention. You've got, you're doing it for a year, two years, two and a half years before it starts to really gain some traction. How often during those first two, two and a half years are you feeling like, forget this, this isn't worth it. Why am I doing this? Let's just go find a job. Let's just go do something else. How many times are you just kind of second guessing the whole process? You mean I'm not second guessing the process now? <laughs> Still? <laughs> but you're successful, Crystal. We all look up to the money-saving mom. You've arrived. So you mean even today you still have doubts? You know, there it's so hilarious because us moving to Franklin, I was telling somebody this the other day. So us moving to the Nashville area, it was like us saying, okay, we're putting a stake in the sand or, the you know, we're putting the stake in the ground saying we are actually going to run with money saving mom. It's not like this little thing we're tinkering with anymore. We're actually saying it's it's for real. We're legit or something. And I was like, that's that's kind of scary because all my, you know, for years I've been sort of like, well, this is just a little season, a little sh- short-term thing that I'm going to do and we'll see where it leads. And so anyway, I feel like I'm kind of committed for the long haul now, but you know, things can always change. But back to your question. <laughs> you know, I really feel like the first two and a half years, there was so many hours, so much time put into it. And there were many, many, many days where I wondered what on earth I was doing. And I didn't have a lot of support because a lot of people couldn't figure out what exactly this whole blogging, internet marketing thing was. There weren't a lot of success stories at that point. And so... I mean, every single day, I remember I'd wake up, I'd take a shower, and in the shower, I'd be like, God, please give me something that I can do today that doesn't cost any money because I don't have any money to spend on advertising, but that can bring a little bit of traffic to the site. And just getting up every day and being committed to sticking with this thing. And I think that is one of the areas that people, why people fail is because they give up too soon. And so those two and a half years where it felt like I'm just 
spinning my wheels, spinning my wheels, spinning my wheels. But there's little trickles of traffic that are coming. And those little trickles eventually turn into a stream that eventually turns into a river that eventually turns into this raging torrent. But if I had given up when it was just the little trickles, I would have never seen that raging torrent. And so my encouragement to people is do not give up too soon. And a lot of times it's going to take you at least two or three years before you're really going to see much fruit from all your effort. And that can sound very discouraging, but I want to encourage people that if you stick with it, you are going to reap the fruit. And I remember we had moved, my husband was out of law school, we'd moved to Kansas City, we'd had our second child, and I had just started, or I was getting ready to start Money Saving Mom. And I had done this online course on supermarket savings, and we were going to have this blowout sale on it. And there was going to be this three-day-only sale, this huge, like, I don't know, $100 worth of products for $5.97 or something like that. And I remember that those, it was three days, and we made about $3,000 in those three days. And that was the first time that I really had seen that fruit that was legitimate fruit from all this effort. And I remember my husband and I looking at each other and being like, wow, this actually could be something. And so that was really three years in before we had that moment of feeling like, you know, there is a lot of possibility and potential here. That's just brutal for most people to feel like three, it takes three years before you feel like, we're on to something. I think this could be something. And like you, like you said there, there's so many people just were, were not willing to put in three years. Why would I wait three years? Like we live in this uh, microwave culture where, you know, I want 30 seconds and I want it now. And so how do you stick with it for three years? Like how, like you said, you're, you're second guessing, you know, even till today. So uh, how do people kind of differentiate and determine like, well, I'm close. So let's keep pushing versus I'm just going down a rabbit trail and it's not going anywhere. Like how do you determine which is which? Well, I think one is, is this where your passion lies? Is this something that is really setting you on fire? Are you really feeling energized by what you're doing? Even if no one's reading, no one's buying, are you feeling energized by what you're writing? At the end of the day, I think that's the most important thing. And is your work-life balance in a healthy place? But then also, are you seeing a little bit of fruit? You know, maybe it's one email every other week from someone or one comment every other week from someone saying what you shared, that is impacting my life in a powerful way. I have a friend right now who she's just, she's been blogging for a year and she's still, it's a very small blog still, but she will get a few emails every month saying, you know, this post that you wrote, it is changing my life. And so for her to get those views, she knows that she is making an impact and making a difference. And she's seeing really steady growth. It might be very small, but that steady growth. And so I just encourage people, if you're seeing those little, that little bit of fruit, you're feeling energized by what you're doing, you know it's where your passion lies, and you see a little bit of growth, then I would not give up because that little bit of growth that little bit of fruit, if you stick with it, it, it can start to really compound and then mushroom. And, you know, long term, it's like, why are you doing 
what you're doing. Are you doing it because you want to build this massive site or is it because you want to change lives and you want to make a difference? And I just really encourage you, make sure that you know what your why is because then it doesn't really matter how large your site grows or if it just never becomes massive. If you know that your why is, you know, that you're changing lives, that you're making an impact, that is what matters most. Preach, sister. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this. So you've got plenty of uh, of experience now as a blogger. There's a lot of people that have that listen to this that are, are are bloggers and are just getting going. And so obviously part of it is just sticking with it and just having kind of a long term mentality that the the tortoise wins the race. So what are some other just like basic simple things that new or up and coming bloggers can do that just helped you gain traction early on? Well, you have a huge advantage nowadays because there's this thing called social media that wasn't in existence when I started. There was no Facebook. There was no Pinterest. There was no Twitter. There was no nothing. There was, We had comments and email. It was real sophisticated. But I think that people need to realize that it is a huge benefit, but it's also – it can be – just noise that can be overwhelming to have so many different options and so many people out there that are saying you need to do this, that, and this and that if you want to be a successful blogger, successful internet marketer. I really encourage people start with your why and then move to your content. When you're a blogger or you're producing a product, your content is still what is most important. And so focus your energies on your content first and making sure that you're producing really valuable content. And then add one thing at a time. So once you have your blog set up and you're producing that content, maybe it's that you're going to add a Facebook page. Or maybe it's that you're going to add a Pinterest page and you're going to start posting on there. Do one thing at a time. It's easy to look at a blogger like me and say, well, you have all of these different things going on at once and you're doing so many different things. But they forget that I've been at this for almost 10 years and I've added one thing at a time pretty much. And so I learn that one thing before I move on to something else. So for instance, right now my one thing is Instagram. I'm learning how to do Instagram. I'm learning about hashtags. I'm watching other internet marketers and bloggers and figuring out what's working, what are people doing. When I feel like I have a really good handle on Instagram, then I'll move on to something else. But I want to stay here for a while and learn it and not jump to the next thing that I'm told I'm supposed to do. Because if you're just always chasing after all these different things, you're going to end up stretched in all these different directions and nothing's going to be really successful for you. Yeah, I think it's easy as, as just as employees, as entrepreneurs, as just humans in general, just to have that, that shiny object syndrome that we see someone else doing it and they're getting traction or it's working that, well, therefore I have to do it and I should get the same success if, if they do it and then I do it. But being able to just be like, no, 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 just put your head down, focus on this, stay in this lane and work on this and then be able to add, add something later. So how do you even today, I mean, obviously you're extremely successful and you've got a very successful blog, but there's obviously brands and blogs that are bigger than yours that you probably look to for for inspiration. So how do you avoid kind of getting into almost a comparison trap or to avoid having that shiny object syndrome? Um, my biggest advice is to shut off the noise, literally. Like a lot of times I live in a cave and I don't follow very many blogs. I only am very strategic and very specific about which bloggers I'll follow. Um, specifically because if there's a certain blog that maybe 
they're much larger than me, there is that comparison trap that you can fall into where I can feel like I'm not doing enough and then it will make me frustrated and stressed and make me feel like I need to work longer hours and be doing more when, you know, I realize that I've made this commitment to be in this for the long haul. And that's one thing with our move for me to realize what does it look like for me to be in a healthy place for the long haul? And so that means that I can't be chasing after all these things. I'm not going to have the biggest and the best blog out there, but I can be true to myself and I can be in a healthy place. And that means that I need to have more margin time. That means that I'm going to work at a slower pace and that I'm not going to get as much done as other people. And that's okay because I want to be in this for the long haul. I don't want to burn out. So I think my biggest thing for me is that I honestly, if if a blog is making me feel like I need to be doing more and I'm not good enough and I need to be putting in more time instead of inspiring me, then I literally will stop following it. Interesting. And I like the way that you, you kind of... Uh you put that as kind of a benchmark that if not only if it's it's fun, but if it's starting to like this whole thing that's supposed to be fun, if it's no longer fun or if it's losing its appeal or if it's pulling me away from the things that really matter. Like the uh, the reason that you do the blog or the reason we do this podcast is is to help other people and ultimately at the same time just to, to be able to provide for our families. And so, you know, I've always said like if I'm, a, if I'm a great podcaster, if I'm a great speaker, but if I fail as a husband or as a father, like it's just not worth it. So, so often we can just just get caught in this rat race of whether it's a blog or a podcast or whatever of trying to keep up with the Joneses that then you just wake up one day and you're kind of like, ha, I have a successful thing, but I'm a shell of a human being. And so it's important just to have that balance and to remember it is, it is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And I think to realize that the Joneses aren't happy either. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And so I think that's the thing for me that to realize is that you can always do more there. You will never reach a point as an entrepreneur where you feel like, okay, good. I've done everything that I need to do. I'm, I'm great. There will always be more that you feel like you need to be doing. And so having those parameters and those healthy boundaries and making sure that you have a good, strong life outside of your business, that's been really a huge thing that I've been very intentional about in the last year. And it's really changed my life. And it's meant that I'm not producing as much content. I'm not getting things done as quickly as I used to be that my email inboxes, sometimes there are 15 emails in there, which is a lot for me. I'm type A, if you can't tell. (laughs) Inbox zero. You know, but Realizing that what's, what's going to matter and living my life thinking of what is going to matter in 25 years from now, and that is how I want to live today. For some of them, maybe listen to this, that is they're trying to make some type of transition or trying to start something on the side. Obviously, money is a huge, huge factor. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you as the money saving mom, what are some just like real quick, simple things that people can do for some quick wins to help really kind of gain control of their finances to help them start something or make a leap or make some type of transition? I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make is feeling like you need more income when you're not managing the income that you already have. And so before you try to go out there and create more income, start managing what you already have. Make sure that you're on a good written budget. Make sure that you're doing your very utmost best to not spend more than you make. Because if you're constantly spending more than you make and you feel like, 
making more is going to solve your issues when you haven't gotten your finances in control as it is. All the money in the world is never going to be enough. You're always going to need more. So start with a budget. Make sure that you tell your money where to go. Um, I really encourage people to try cash only, especially for groceries and eating out and some of those more, um, you know, things that it's it can change a lot each month. It's not like your set bills. So try a cash only challenge for a few months just to help you make sure they have a really good handle on your finances. And if you've done that and you have your good budget in your place in place and you're following that budget and there's still not enough money at the end of the month, then you can say you legitimately have an income problem and you really need to work on that. But start with getting what you already have in order so that when you make more, hopefully, you will be able to do more with that in the sense of not only to provide for your family and make sure that you you know, are thinking long-term and saving for your kid's college or to pay cash for whatever, but also that you can be a generous giver. That, for us, is really our heartbeat behind Money Saving Mom. I love to help people get your finances in order. I love to give people very practical things that you can do so you can get out of debt. But at the end of the day, my heart is to help you so that you get your finances in order so you can go change your community. You can go change your world. And so it's not about a bigger car or a better house or you know, a better cable package. It's about how can I impact my community? How can I get my finances in order so that I have money left over that I can really make a difference in this world. Yeah, so good, so good. Crystal, thanks so much for sharing your, your story, your journey with us. If people want to find out more about what you do and uh, check out this blog, where can we go? I'd love for people to visit me at moneysavingmom.com. And I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash moneysavingmom or on Twitter at moneysavingmom and on Instagram. Since I mentioned it, it's um, at the Money Saving Mom bad branding, but sometimes you get in late in the game and you have to go with the money saving moms. <laughs> there you go. And again, like you said, up at the top of the show, it's not just for moms. We can, I'm a dude, so I can still go too, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think that that's been the most interesting thing to me is to see what a broad audience we have. And so I really try to make it a one-stop shop for anyone who wants to get their finances and their life in order and wants to live with more intention. Beautiful. Crystal, thanks so much for sharing your time with us. And uh, we will keep up with your journey and uh, hopefully save a few bucks along the way. So we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right. Boom. There you go. There you have it. Hope you enjoyed that interview, that chit-chat with uh, with Crystal. A lot of good information there. As always, you can go find links, everything that we discussed. You can go uh, directly to grantbaldwin.com slash Crystal Payne, P-A-I-N-E. Uh, and also swing by and check out her site, uh, moneysavingmom.com. Make sure that you, you check that out. But several things that, that Crystal said that I really, really enjoyed and appreciated. One of the things she talked about was just not getting into the, into the comparison trap. You know, just like having this very tunnel vision, this focus on what it is that you are supposed to be doing, what it is that you are supposed to be working on, and not being worried by what anyone else is doing, not being distracted by shiny objects or the, what's the latest and greatest thing, but really just zoning in and saying, I'm just going to focus on this for a season, for a period of time, and then whenever I, I get this nailed, then I'll move on to something else. But she's been uh, obviously extremely diligent 
and uh, and patient just building up what she has today. And I hope that you see that the, her success is not some type of overnight thing. It's something where she's been working on for literally years and years and years uh, to get to the point that she's at today. Nobody on the show, nobody that's successful is an overnight success. It takes years and years and years of plugging away, of prodding, of doing the hard work that nobody sees, that nobody may appreciate. So I hope that that's still encouraging to you because most people aren't willing to do the hard work. Most people just say, man, I want, I want that overnight instant gratification. I want that success. I want that microwave success today. But uh, put in the work, put in the time. Be willing to go the distance. Think of this as a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so I, I hope that that, uh, that reminds you that it's not easy to find work that you love. Therefore, most people won't do it. But be willing to persist. Be willing to put in the effort and the energy in order to find work that you love. So I hope you enjoyed that. Hey, a couple of the quick things to you. I mentioned that uh, on September the 10th, which would be tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this, September the 10th, we will be doing a a free webinar. So if you are interested, we're going to be chit-chatting about anything and everything. Any questions that you have related to finding work that you love, relating to starting a business, starting a blog, starting a podcast, uh, speaking, just entrepreneurship, careers, all of your questions we are going to be answering on a live webinar, live and in person. I'm going to even let you see my pretty face. I'm going to have to put a lot of makeup on. Man, that just came out weird. Anyway, that's going to be tomorrow night, September the 10th. You're going to want to be a part of that. You can register for that. You do have to register. No strings attached, but you do have to register. You can go to grantbaldwin.com slash webinar. So make sure you stop by and check that out. All right. Hey, one final uh, shout out here to our sponsor, 99designs.com. Listen, if you're looking to have anything designed, you want to get a design that you love. Like you're honestly, your design, your logo, your brand, your look, People judge books by their covers, whether we want to admit it or not. So make sure that you get a you get professional, high quality results. We're talking exciting, fast, affordable, just super, super slick service, great service to use. Hundred percent money back guarantee. You got nothing to lose. So stop by, check that out. 99designs.com/grant. Uh, they'll also hook you up with a ninety nine dollar power pack of services for free. So thank you for that. Ninety nine designs. All right, that wraps up this episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for enjoying it. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm assuming. I'm just trusting you enjoyed it. That's a little uh, presumptive, but I hope you're enjoying this. Honestly, it means a lot that you're uh, you're listening, and uh, we hope that these uh, these episodes, these interviews, continue to uh, to encourage you and inspire you to find and do work you love. As always, feel free to email me anytime. Anything that I can do for you, feel free to email me at grant at grantbaldwin.com. I'm here for you. So whatever I can do to help you, I, I don't just do this to hear my own voice that does nothing for me. But uh, I hope that, that the people that are listening to this, just like yourself, whether you're driving to work, you're driving home, you're at the gym, you're on a walk, uh, I hope that these are encouraging and inspiring to you. So let me know what I can do for you. Let me know how I can help you on your journey. So all right, that wraps this up up this episode. You are awesome, my friends. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.